it's AEDTs, right? Automated Employment Decision uh, Tools, um, making the decision for you. They're requiring organizations to audit their that process. Um, I challenge any organization who doesn't audit their hiring process right now, right? There, there's probably a problem there if you're not auditing your humans from time to time to make sure that there isn't bias there. Uh, auditing machines is, is probably a little bit easier, I would imagine, because less feelings involved and also less back and forth. Of, no, I, I swear I didn't hire that person because they were a Patriots fan. You don't have to have that conversation. Um, so because nobody's hiring those right now. Yeah, I know. I, well, there's a new one on the market. His name's Bill Belichick. That's right. Um, and, and you, um, I mean, I, I mean, I would hire. Him. <laughs> Welcome, 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 everyone. It is Thursday at noon Eastern time, and you know what that means. It is time for your favorite program on LinkedIn, YouTube, Spotify, Apple Music, Facebook, and Twitter. I'm not calling it X, no matter how many times somebody tells me to. Uh, it is Talent Experience Live, the show that covers everything that you need to know in talent acquisition, recruiting, human resources, talent management, and everything in between. I am your host, Devin Foster. Anywho, it is January, which means you have already been talked to more than you could ever possibly imagine about people's New Year's resolutions, which have probably already stopped about how they're trying dry January again. They plan on running more this year, whatever it may be. Uh, we're not going to talk about our resolutions today. We are going to talk about some of the predictions that were made last New Year's uh, for the year of 2023. So we're, we're doing a bit of a, a look back on what maybe came to fruition and what did not. And I am joined by a very special guest today who is going to talk all about it with me. He is a recurring guest, probably been on here at least Baker's dozen amount of times. That's one more than a dozen for those of you at home. His name is John Deal. John, welcome to the program. How are you? I am well, sir. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. <laughs> yeah, of course. John, um, do you think it has been maybe 13 times you've been on the show now? At least, at okay. least that much. Yeah. All right. Lucky gonna... number T Swift, lucky number 13. Yes, Let's do it. Of course. Caleb Williams, everyone in between. John, last year, the experts, experts talked about all sorts of things quiet hiring, um, non traditional candidates, finding roles uh, to fill you know, talent pipelines. The war on talent seems like antiquated um, terminology now, but we're still constantly trying to find all of those things. And a lot of people had a lot of predictions of what 2023 would hold. We found a couple articles. One was from the HR business review. The other was from the USA Today, who actually did a retro on what predictions in 1924, they had for the year 2023. And one jumped out at me, John, you, you pointed this out to me, which was work from home will be a staple in the year 2023. Are we going to call that an accurate prediction that they knew in 1924? I would call it the second coming of the hundred year war, because I believe that, that we have been fighting the fight of whether people should be in the office or be at home. Uh, for so long, apparently. <laughs> yes. I, I mean, I, time travel must be a real thing if somebody was pretty. There were no laptops. There were no iPads, no cell phones. 
what were people doing at home if they were working from home, just tending to the farm? Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> um, I I think you 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 are right, and and it was an ongoing discussion last year, and it's, I I think it may continue in twenty twenty four. This work from home future. A lot of people predicted in in twenty twenty three or early twenty twenty three that there was going to be a line in the sand drawn. It was either your organization is remote, it's hybrid, or everyone's in the office. How do you think that really shook out? And, and how have organizations reacted or, and adapted? Because candidates, I think, are driving the market for where people are working in today's day and age. Yeah, I mean, I think that I think there was some hard lines drawn for sure. And I think that those hard lines needed to be you know, erased and then redrawn mm -hmm. in, in several uh, cases. Um, you talk about the 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 talent shortage a little bit, which you know continues into this year. Uh, and so, as a result, you're right. Like it's mm -hmm. a, it's a it's a buyer's market, right? So, mm -hmm. um, so I think that a lot of folks have had to continue to rethink. I do think that things are starting to settle down more, and that the pendulum is not swinging back and forth as much as it was last year. And companies are, are really settling into what makes sense for them based on the division, based on even the, the tenure of the candidate, right? Yeah. Like mm -hmm. um, we kind of talked about this when one of maybe the 12 previous episodes, but um, there's a benefit for people who are entering the workforce to be around other people when they first start their career. Yeah that benefit is a little bit different for somebody who has tenure and who's been at this for a number of years. Yeah. And so I think what we're seeing is less of a got to be in the office, don't got to be in the office and making it much more situational and hybrid, you know, is a thing. And, and I think is, is ultimately what's going to work best for a lot of folks in yeah. that they get that experience of, of inclusion and everything like that, mm -hmm. but they're not tied to, being there every day, fighting the commute, yeah. you know, you, you know, yeah, yeah. In Philadelphia, there's a lot of angry people <laughs> on the road. So <laughs> quite, quite a few. Um, I 76, I think is the worst road in the country, in the history, of the yes. <laughs> in the history of roads, um, the, but, ro the, the road to Mordor and, and yeah. I 76 are like, <laughs> absolutely. Um, no, it's, it's, it's treacherous. I think you're right. It's starting to find its level. Um, the one thing that I think I've noticed talking with other organizations and, you know, even what we do here at Phenom is I think every company wants people in the office. However, different teams have separate dynamics, right? Your team would be a perfect example. I know you have a, a few members of the team who are remote. However, there are members of the team who are in the office. So some of those impromptu conversations that we talk to you know, in the beginning of the pandemic that we missed are still able to be had because there's some representation. And as Drake said, it's possible for people to be passionate from miles away. Um, and you can still love your job. You can still be very ingrained in the company culture. If you are in, you know, a, a different time zone, if you are, you know, a, a, across the country, um, but it does, it is, it is harder, right. Than than coming into the office, but you don't have to do the commute. Um, you mentioned one thing there um, about people early on in their careers, uh, specifically learning things in the office. I know from my experience, I, I think social skills have become far more important. We talk about skills a lot 
at here at Phenom, right? As something like that. I just (laughs) skills do pay the bills. Um, but how to work, you know, in a new organization, how to be a professional is something that is often picked up from experience. I don't think there's a how to on it. I'm sure there's a thousand books on Amazon that you could buy. But for me, it was always being in the office and learning that when we, you know, went through that fully remote time period known as the pandemic, the lines blurred. Do you think we're getting back to social norms of the folks that are in the office are beginning to pick up on those social skills? And even those folks who who may be remote are picking up on those social skills as well, because that was a prediction that the Harvard Business Journal Journal had was that we need to emphasize that moving forward in 2023. What are the, the reflections there looking back? Yeah, it's interesting because I think that certainly the lines are blurred, right? Like um, many moons ago when I started my job, my I was in an office yeah. and um, there was a, a dress code even, right? <laughs> so, What's that? Right. <laughs> so, um, so I think... But it was it was very easy, you know. To, if you if you ever if you ever see the show Severance uh, on Apple TV, I'm, I'm not paid by them, but I will <laughs> plug it. Uh, but it was very easy to separate your work self from your your home self and and understand like, okay, when I'm at work, I act this way, and then when I'm at home, mm-hmm. I act this way. But you know, when you're sitting on the same couch with your laptop that you watch sports on, or you know what I mean, or hang yep. out with your buddies on. You're absolutely right that it gets a little bit harder to separate like, okay, here's how I should be acting mm-hmm. in a work environment versus here's how I should be acting at a, in a home environment. So, um, and fortunately, I think companies have uh, have relaxed a little bit in, you know, like the uniform and the shirt, shirt and tie and things like that. I know that my wife, uh, she worked for, uh, worked for a company that was uh, pretty old school and the pandemic really changed the way that they approach things. I mean, um, they moved to a hybrid model, which I think is good for them. They, they eased the, the business, uh, attire. Yeah. Uh, and, um, uh, I think that that's, that that's, those are the good things that have come out of it. But then as a new person in the workforce, you now need to understand like, okay, just cause I'm laid back doesn't mean I'm laid back. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And so that's the hard part. And, and, like you kind of said, like the social skills, like, like, how do you refine that when you're in that kind of a back and forth situation of being in, in your house and working yeah. and, you know, how you interact with people. So mm-hmm. it's complicated, but it is a skill set that companies need to be able to support. So, mm-hmm. right. Like, so that this is, this to me is just another onboarding activity that needs to take place. Right. It's not just simply, all right, I'm going to sign a handbook that says I'm not going to like, you know, curse or, you know, do it. Right. It's, it's more like, Hey, this is your environment. Here's how you should act in that environment. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's, it's not only on the candidate to figure that out. It's responsibly, it's on the organizations to say the nature of work has changed. Here's how we should onboard these people appropriately. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I remember a time in a place where I worked for an organization that referred to at company events, CLMs, they were called, which are career limiting moves. Now you can interpret that in in any way that you'd like to, but it could be perhaps enjoying yourself a little bit too much. It could be saying the wrong thing to the wrong person, having a conversation, um, you know, that isn't work appropriate. Maybe it's something about a a movie, right? Or or something along those lines. Um, I've tried to talk to multiple people about Saltburn and that's not a work appropriate conversation I have found out. But nonetheless, 
those things um, I think do need to be outlined. And it's, it's a bit of a gray area, but being upfront with it and having those conversations, managers having those conversations in the forefront is going to help us into the future. But as far as a prediction of last year, I think it certainly was accurate, right? That they needed to emphasize that. And we're seeing organizations do that, especially you mentioned the blurred line specifically from I'm sitting on my couch all day, I'm working, and now I'm going to watch a movie. I'm going to watch Sports Center or whatever it may be as soon as the clock hits hits five. Um, I think we're we're moving towards as people start to get into the office and things like that, those lines are becoming a bit more rigid. But you mentioned the show Severance there. Um, and it's interesting because it almost touches a lot on mental health, right? On the difference of what happens at work and then leaving the work stresses kind of at the office and then bringing them home. Mental health was something we talked about throughout the entire pandemic as we entered 2023 and we began to get back to work, get back into the office, things like that. It still seemed to be a very hot topic for candidates. It's something that they ask about in the interview process. And what the Harvard Business Review mentioned was that organizations need to make it a point to be there as a uh, an asset, right? The, to be a supporter of mental health. Do you think organizations have done that so far um, or looking back on 2023 where it comes to helping people who may be struggling you know, with personal things or with stress at work or, or whatever the case may be? Yeah, I, I mean, I th I think they certainly took strides, and I think 2024 is basically like, okay, you started now, keep it going, and and let's 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 really uh, you know supercharge this thing. Yeah. So, um, you know, it, it's it's a topic that unfortunately still has some stigma, of, you know, associated with it, mm -hmm. and it's that stigma just at this point needs to be set aside, right? So, yeah. Um, physical health and mental health are pretty much, yeah. you know, neck and neck at this point. So responsibly organizations need to not only continue the, any efforts that they put into 2023, but also expand upon those and see, you know, what are additional things that they could do either, you know, through the benefits package yep. or internally to support these people with resource groups, you know, with, um, uh, you know, like-minded individuals meeting together in mm -hmm. informal fashion, right? Yeah. Like just, just, clearing the path for people to not only take care of themselves professionally, but also find other folks that they can commiserate with in a way that that's not going to be like, uh, like, uh, you watch Saltburn? Yeah. I watch Saltburn. <laughs> <laughs> Let's yes. go into this corner and talk, right? Yeah. So <laughs> Instead, just commiserate about the New York Jets. Um, no, that, that makes sense. I think one thing that I've noticed you know, from my wife's professional career and, and, you know, other folks that I talk with is the lines are still a little bit blurred when it comes to office hours, right? I think during the pandemic, we were all too quick to schedule calls for, you know, six, six thirty at night, whatever it may be, because where was the office, right? The office was on our couch in our living room. And I think some people are still holding on to that a little bit more where, um, you know, I will send somebody an email at seven o'clock and it needs to be looked at at that exact point in time. There are instances where that may be the case. If you have a big presentation the next day, there's questions. I think that's common knowledge, you know, that we had prior to the pandemic of, all right, these are crunch hours. You're going to be expected to work a little bit later. But on a day to day basis, that's one thing that I would stress for, you know, organizations is 
in that handbook, you know, express that, hey, we do have dedicated time for employees to take a break, to relieve some of that anxiety. A lot of organizations do it with required PTO, um, you know, other things, technologies that almost shut off, or you can, you know, I know Slack has the feature where you can put the little do not enter sign. Um, and hopefully that entices people not to slack you at that time or whatever it may be. But some of those things I think can still be improved upon. Do you have the, the same thoughts or any different experiences? Yeah. I, I mean, I, to me, it's not so much a policy thing as a manager responsibility more than anything. Yeah. So, um, you know, requiring PTO, if you're, team is going to be online slacking anyway you know what i mean <laughs> or even if you're just like a high powered individual who's just like oh, i'm going to take my day off to catch up on emails right <laughs> like that's my day off yeah. right so it really needs to be more of a ingrained philosophy in the organization and needs to be pushed down to the manager level so that they can promote the right attitudes with their teams Absolutely. right and so that's that's really where I think it lives. I think that it, it ties right back to what we talked about with the hybrid work environment, mm -hmm. what we talked about with uh, mental health. Like this is now where the two of those kind of meet, right? Yep. Where your, your location is not changing at all. Mm -hmm. And so you're not able to know when to shut it on, or turn yep. it on or shut it off, shut it on. Um, <laughs> edit uh so oh wait we're live yeah. <laughs> so um and you know you start the, the stress goes up and up and up yep. and so yeah that, that and so not only is that need to be part of the the new way that employees are onboarded and how to handle those situations yeah but it also needs to be part of the management training uh program where they are able to manage their teams to rest when they mm -hmm. need to rest and you know you brought up the the uh, required pto and things like that and you know in some of the stuff that you and i talked about it was it was actually proactive instead of reactive yep. like like storing up the energy instead of recovering the energy yes um so uh, that's an interesting uh it's a it's a balancing act right yeah. just like everything else that we're, we're probably going to talk about uh, you know throughout the, the rest of this episode um because every individual is different every individual has different expectations and different requirements for what it takes for them to do their job some folks they may get that burst of an idea at seven eight o'clock at night and they want to share it with an individual right others um may schedule that slack message for first thing in the morning don't schedule Slack messages with me. It's my biggest pet peeve because I'm immediately going to have thoughts back and then you're still sleeping. Uh, neither here nor there. Uh, moving right along. The other topic that I thought was was fascinating was quiet hiring. Um, of course, I'm not talking about quiet quitting, which was a very interesting topic, I think, in 2022, uh, where folks you know, were just kind of mailing it in. Quiet hiring, um, the Harvest Business Review referred to hiring employees, right? Bringing them up in the organization where it's not going to be this big splash. You're not going to have jobs posted out on job boards, um, but you're going to promote from within the organization to fill needs. We've talked about that a lot here. Um, I want to ask you, have you noticed in your conversations with professionals, it's beginning to be accepted more in organizations as an initiative, as a goal moving forward where they want to retain talent and 
fill the needs of the business with what they already have? I, you know, I think that we are still in a little bit of a, of a state of, yes, we agree. It's a good idea, but we have so many other things going on. We're not exactly sure where to get started. And, and we talked a little bit about this, uh, at skills day, which was a fantastic event, yeah. uh, a couple of weeks ago, but, um, a lot of companies have a plan. A lot of companies have really good plans to promote career pathing and internal mm -hmm. mobility, but they don't necessarily know how to get those plans kicked off in earnest because yeah. it's a lot of people that it will impact. It's a lot of change management pot potentially. It's a, you know, you got to be able to handle the, well, why didn't I get recommended that this mm -hmm. career path where, and this person did and yeah. stuff like that. So I do think that 2024 is, is, going to be the, the, the year of action now. So mm -hmm. I do think that, that the plan people have had the plans, they've done the, the research on the technology side, they've tried to, you know, to get the budgeting in place. So yeah. I'm, I'm fairly confident that 2024 will now be kind of the, the, the skills year where people mm -hmm. start moving that strategy forward. And, and the skills strategy is, is really key to that quiet hiring idea yeah. that you're going to take know the skills you have, mm -hmm. know the skills that you need, use the skills you have to fill the holes that, yeah, that exist. Yeah, that makes sense. I also want to add, quiet hiring, terrible name. Um, it should be referred to loud, loud hiring because if you are growing your employee base, that's something you want to advertise, right? That's something you want to showcase as a business that's moving forward. And on top of that, if you don't, people are going to notice, right? Everyone is on LinkedIn or whatever it may be. They see on the emails that a title changes or wherever it may be. And it, it causes a stir, right? Rather, whether it's positive or negative from, from your perspective of why wasn't I chosen for this? Um, it makes more noise, I think, than bringing in a new hire unless it's at the C-level, right? Where you're going to put out a press release and do all of this stuff or you know, mention it on an all-hands meeting. Right. Um, I think hiring internally should be advertised and not just internally externally as well um, because it's a good thing for the organization it shows that you can add those skills and move forward um, but speaking of skills another topic that we talked about at skills day was the pursuit of non-traditional applicants and i think this is fascinating because for so long when i you know i grew up i'm sure when you grew up as well it was get good grades in school you know, do as many extracurricular activities as you could go to college, graduate college with a specific degree and then move forward and you can join that career. And then that's your trajectory from here to there. It's probably a lot of lawyers um, in the world who took that route just because that was the path that they were on or maybe the path that their parents put their them on. mother. But, yeah. probably put that <laughs> exactly. in their head If I had to guess, <laughs> um, but the idea of having someone you know in the workforce who may have worked their way up through an organization or may have had transferable skills for a role is this something that you've noticed uh in 2023 where organizations are willing to have a conversation with somebody who maybe doesn't have a degree in marketing right they have a degree in fine arts but they would like to be a product marketer or whatever it may be because they've attained those skills are we venturing on that path where the traditional background may not be as important as the skills that candidates bring to the table? 
Yeah, I think, you know, I think that 2023 kind of set the stage for the need to mm -hmm. do that. And as I kind of mentioned, that 2024 being the year of action, putting that skill strategy into effect will certainly give those companies the flexibility they need to yep. move away from the where's your degree from yeah. to what can you do for me? Yeah. You know what I mean? So um, we talked about on, on uh, one of the TXL, you had asked specifically about the origin of skills. And um, I, you know, for me, origin doesn't matter. It's, it's more proficiency. Yeah. Right. So, uh, and it's like, I don't know if we brought this up before, but like as a parent, it's like, well, are they going to college? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Or straight to the WNBA. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. no. What do we do but, with the 529 money? Right. Hey, I'm already thinking about it. I have a short house lined up. <laughs> How do I get around that? Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, no, I, I think you're you're right where it doesn't matter where the skills come from. We all gather skills in our everyday lives, right? I, think about relationships. That's a negotiation within itself sometimes as to what you're going to do for the weekend or what you're going to have for dinner, right? Those are skills that may not be apples to apples where it comes to negotiation in a workplace setting, but you're going to understand combined with maybe some of those social skills that we talked about earlier as to what's appropriate to bring up and what's not. All of a sudden, you're building up a, a, a candidate or an employee who can be in a sales position. And I'm maybe the, the marriage or significant other example isn't the best one. But I know here at Phenom, we have a number of people who are in educational backgrounds who have taken those skills and now applied them into a plethora of different roles, whether it be customer success, sales, or even education. And, you know, that says something where it's, oh, you were in education. You don't have to continue on that path and spend 30 years dealing with yelling kids like my child um, who's going to go to the WNBA anyway. So, you know, grades don't matter. But um, I want to ask you specifically. <laughs> I, I said it's a letter from the WNBA. <laughs> Dear sir, grades do matter. <laughs> please, I, please do not promote that. <laughs> I, I hope I get that letter because, John, I graduated with a 2.2 GPA. Um, they don't matter. To, <laughs> and here I am. <laughs> yeah. And I made it. Um, no, grades do matter. Um, kids stay in school. Uh, wait, you can wait. Yeah. <laughs> Stay in school because we didn't have tools like AI, John, <laughs> um, that could write our papers for us. Talking about the skills conversation, AI has, I, I think, completely turned the world on its head, right? A generative AI is something we all kind of thought about at some point, um, whether it's from movies or pop culture. It's here now, right? It is writing resumes. It is doing all sorts of things. How much does that allow for folks to upskill in the sense where research becomes a little bit simpler. Obviously, you want to check your work and make sure it's coming from factual places. But AI as a whole, has it impacted the skills conversation the way that you anticipated it? Maybe not the audience, but you anticipated it in 2023. Yes, uh, tremendously. And generative AI, um, tremendously as well. So it's certainly enabled um, companies to uh, move faster, yeah. right? For sure. So not only in their everyday activities of resume generation or, or um, uh, web page generation or email generation or whatever it might be, but also just being able to stand up 
uh, career architecture is faster. Mm -hmm. that it, the, the, some of the advances that came around in 2023 uh, have really now set up 2024 to be that year of action. Mm -hmm. So now it's, it's moving from a time where even just a couple years ago, like we were talking about cutting down the, the skills uh, um, mapping exercise or the skills architecture exercise from a couple of years to a few months. And now we're down to like a few days. Yeah. Right. And so that makes it a lot mm -hmm. more compelling, I think, for people to move forward because they don't have to wait to gain value. And so I think because of what we saw in 2023 and how, um, how that was adopted into the skills conversation that will help facilitate that action in 2024 okay. for sure. Um, do you think there's still the concern with bias in AI? Do you think that has turned up more to a fever pitch now with things like generative AI and, you know, the ability to create content that may not be on brand with the organization? It may be gender specific. I know I've had a number of guests on the program who, you know, talk about job descriptions being from a, a male point of view or using male vocabulary as opposed to female, female, and they're less likely to apply. We've always had a concern about bias with regards to artificial intelligence. Has it subsided because of more education around it? Or do you think it's exactly where it needs to be, right? We're, we're still a little bit weary of it, but we're putting the guardrails in place to make everyone feel more secure. Uh, with regards to it. Yeah, I mean, I think that I, there was certainly a lot of FUD out there for 2023. Um, and, you know, with ChatGBT and everything like that, like uh, to also talk about another TXL previous episode, yeah. not one that I was on, but uh, <laughs> there was a good one that you did with uh, with Josh Gorin. Yeah where uh, he talked about the uh, the lawyers who were using mm -hmm. ChatGPT to, to submit their uh, their uh, briefs or their yes. whatever, right? Mm -hmm. So um, there, I think there was a big spike in fear about the usage of that. And then with some of the legislation that came out from New York and stuff last year, there was a lot of fear around a bias and, and, and the unknown of how it was going to affect. I think it has subsided. I certainly think that Part of the reason for that is that people are being more responsible about how they use it and how th they use vendors that use it. Mm -hmm. um, and so as a result, I think a lot of that FUD has has cleared up. And yeah. I think that people understand that this is this is something that is going to benefit the organization, is going to benefit candidates, going to benefit employees. So I think that people are going to be moving forward more so than they would have in the past. I think 2023 was more like a put the brakes on and mm -hmm. let me do my research and get my legal counsel on stuff like that. And so I think now some of the opinions have played out. Some of the people have done their research and now it's like, well, duh. Yeah. <laughs> right. So <Yeah. laughs> no, and it, it, it makes sense. I mean, it, it comes down to, I know in New York specifically the, the local law, I think it's 122. Um, it's AEDTs, right? Automated Employment Decision uh, Tools, um, making the decision for you. They're requiring organizations to audit their, that process. Um, I challenge any organization who doesn't audit their hiring process right now, right? There, there's probably a problem there if you're not auditing your humans from time to time to make sure that there isn't bias there. Uh, auditing machines is, is probably a little bit easier, I would imagine, because less feelings involved and also less back and forth. Of, no, I... 
I swear I didn't hire that person because they were a Patriots fan. You don't have to have that conversation. Um, so because nobody's hiring those right now. Yeah, I know. I, well, there's a new one on the market. His name's Bill Belichick. That's right. Um, and, and you, um, I mean, and, I mean, I would hire. Him. <laughs> I, he may not meet the dress code requirement. That's true. <laughs> He's a big hoodie guy. Um, no, I, I, as we get more and more familiar with it, we are going to be less and less fearful, right? It, I believe what you're alluding to is we were scared because it all happened so fast, right? I, I think everyone was like, jobs are going to be gone. You know, we're not going to need humans anymore. People can work from home forever and tend to the farm. Um, what do you anticipate? not to get too into 2024, but with litigation and things like that and how it's going to impact the bias aspect of AI. I know we talk a lot about the automated employment decision-making tools, more of the same in, in, in 2024, you would imagine. I, I think it would be tough to say that this concept is solely exclusive to 2023. Yeah, I think, I mean, I think you'll see uh, litigation continue to roll out. I mean, obviously Europe's finalizing their um, take on things. Yeah. Uh, we have 50 states and i think we only have we have less than half of them that have rolled anything out so i imagine that you'll see this yes. that uh, roll out mm -hmm. um you know it's 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 a tool mm -hmm. it's not meant to go and do things by itself yeah it's just meant to help yeah. and so that's really what it comes down to at the end of the day is that the responsible use of artificial intelligence still has a human in the loop right yeah. so um and <laughs> By the way, humans are all biased. So. <laughs> yes, they are. Yes, they are. So, um, so to me, the you know the the way to combat uh, bias is the same way to combat um, the whole um, forced uh, forced rest thing yeah. is really cultural, right? Mm -hmm. Push it down to the management level so that they can responsibly tell their teams how they should be using the tools and how they should be avoiding being non-inclusive yeah no that makes makes total sense um i know we talked a bit about 2024 there um we obviously want to talk about it more right is there a place where people can go where phenom and maybe some other folks are discussing trends or predictions for 2024 in the coming weeks uh, well trends for sure because okay. i think we've already moved past prediction we know <laughs> We know what's going to happen. That's we how, asked that's how Chat GPT, we are. We, right, right. and it gave it us the answer. It just answers. gave us the answer automatically. <laughs> that we just auto published it right to the website. Yep. I did a simulation in Madden, know exactly who's going to win the Super Bowl. Time. <laughs> that's right. I, I did a walkthrough. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, I mean, we are. I'm excited. Um, next week, we're going to be running um, a webinar with uh, Jen Bobadier and Justin Foster from Radian. Uh, one of our phenom uh, customers, and we're going to be talking about trends for 2024 and um, you know, I think you'll hear a little bit of some of the stuff we talked about and how how they perceive it uh, mm -hmm. as it relates to being in the the roles of talent acquisition of uh, of people uh, experience and people solutions. Mm -hmm. So, um, yes, yeah, so we'll get into the nitty gritty with them and and really dig into 2024. Uh, and then you know, next year at this time, we could see how many we were we like the USA today? Like, yeah. right. Our horses extinct. <laughs> horses are not extinct. Yet. They probably could be though. They, yeah. My daughter would be devastated. devastated I know. So would Vegas. Yes. Um, a lot of horse gambling. Out there. Anyway, um, John, this has been a fantastic conversation as always. Love the pullover. 
It's Cardigan. <laughs> Thanks for noticing. I, I, was, I didn't know if you were giving it to me or you were going to complete it. Sometimes uh, you do that. You go Sometimes right I do. It. I just make my own jokes. Um, <laughs> this has been a blast as always. Uh, tune in next week. I believe we're going to talk about uh, the annual review process. It's an annual show that we have here on this program. We bring on a different a JD. Um, just he goes by two letters. He's going to talk about some of the conversations that should be had during review processes, maybe some of the conversations that shouldn't be as you look forward to your conversation with your managers or perhaps subordinates in the coming weeks. But I hope everyone has a fantastic Thursday. Enjoy your weekend. Have fun watching the NFL playoffs this year. But don't forget, um, I already ran the simulation of Madden, so I know who's going to win all the games. Thanks so much. Have a great day. We'll see you soon. Talent Experience Live, of course is proudly brought to you by the good folks here at Phenom, whose purpose is to help a billion people find the right job. Our intelligent talent experience platform, which helps candidates find the right roles faster, employees evolve in their current roles and beyond, recruiters achieve some next level productivity, and managers build better teams with data and analytics. And of course, all of this is powered by super slick artificial intelligence and machine learning. So head on over to phenom.com to learn more.